today, this is an well. Fuck. Got it. Okay. All right. Hold on. Hold on. I'm getting too extra. All right. We'll do hey, one more intros time. Intros are hard. I'm, it is I'm, hard. I'm patient. I get yeah. it. Okay. Welcome back to Battle School Dropouts, episode 10, the Valentine's Day special. My name is Stu. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my name is Stu, and I'm here with my co-host, Bakary. Bakary, say hi. Hey, what's up? I'm Bakary. Fuck. Okay. Hi, my name is oh. Bakary. This is a podcast about anime and friendship. <laughs> Stu, how are you doing? No. Jesus I'm fucking Christ. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No one can spell my name right. Ah, it's tough, it's tough out here. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wonder oh, what man. that's like. Yeah. Yeah. No, everybody gets Stuart right. <laughs> um, no. Oh, God. That was good. Uh, yeah. Uh, so welcome, everybody. We're, we said in the last episode we're, we were going to do Jujutsu Kaisen. And then we, I love doing holiday episodes. I think you do, too, Bakri. So. Yeah, it's a good time. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because I, initially I was like, oh, maybe this will be good for like algorithm or reach or something. And I think our holiday episodes have been our least popular episodes so far. But I think so. We're still doing it. And this week we're we're talking about romance. We're talking about Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. And nothing says Valentine's Day like the anime film. I want to eat your pancreas. Yep. Yeah. You. We said we were going to do Jujutsu Kaisen, but you should know better than to trust us by now. So here it is. Yeah. Yeah. And we're and that that will still be the next episode. But yes. you know, it's Valentine's Day. We got to do a you know something kind of cutesy, a little romantic. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Obviously. Well, something for the lovers out there. <laughs> so with Valentine's Day coming, and also this being the. Uh, year of lockdown and covid and all that what you got any valentine's day plans what's uh, what's headed your way uh i don't know i was i was asking my girlfriend about this uh the other day like what are we gonna do for valentine's day and it's like yeah what what can we do like i i, <laughs> I it's gonna be dinner in a movie like but that's what we do just about every night so yeah <laughs> maybe we'll pick a particularly romantic movie we'll watch some jane austen shit or something i don't know how about you yeah well, let me ask you, do you, uh, are you like, are you guys big Valentine's Day fans? Uh, I wouldn't say big. I mean, I like celebrating it just fine, but like, you know, I'm not somebody who like in November, I'm like, oh boy, Valentine's Day is coming up. You know, it's like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a holiday that kind of sneaks up on me, but, um, so funny story with me and, uh, my girlfriend Bernadette, uh, I met her like early February, like in a design club thing on oh, campus. Yeah. And I was like, wow, she's, this is a cool person. And then we ran into each other again at this extracurricular thing. And it was like, oh, wow, I'm like really into her. I'm going to like, so I sent her, I, I played it really cool. And I sent her a message over uh, Instagram, just like, hey, if you want to get dinner or lunch sometime, you know, or dinner or a drink, I think is what I said ah. in, in way too many words. Um, you know, hit me up. Like it's, you know, you doing anything this weekend? And so she was like, Oh, I'm busy. But you know, if you want to hang out, uh, today, like I'm free, you know, uh, we can work on some design stuff. And that day was Valentine's day. Oh. And then later that day, she asked me if I was asking her on a date and I said, yes. And then she said, no, I don't think 
that'll that'll work out you know it's just we're both throwing it for the design program yeah that's <laughs> that's she rejected me on valentine's day yeah real shame the story ended there <laughs> with you and your girlfriend yeah with me and my current girlfriend <laughs> no things ended up uh working working out between us but that's what valentine's day means to me is like it's the day where i'm like <laughs> i was right <laughs> that's kind of nice that's fun yeah right i'll take it <laughs> yeah i like it makes valentine's day kind of fun we had our first valentine's day last year and we went to a like fancy mexican food restaurant and got some wine and it was all you know pretty fancy and nice and i was i was into it and then this year it's like well do we just get takeout from that place like what do we do oh yeah <laughs> like try to try to keep the tradition alive a little bit yeah or something i was like well, we should do something fancy, but like again, I'm not. I'm not gonna go out. I've been. I've been tempted. Sacramento is tempting me to go and eat at places <laughs> because there's like no, there's nothing stopping you, right? Like you know, it's limited yeah. capacities indoors, but like you know, right now it's it's Friday night as we record this, and like right now there's just I bet all the fucking bars and restaurants at the patios and everything are super crowded, no masks, nothing. Uh, yeah. So you could go and, and join the, the infestation if you want, but... Uh... Right. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> uh, which, I don't I don't want to. I don't want to do it, but man, the temptation is... That there's, a, there's a bar that opened during, in like the last month or so, so like right in the middle of all oh, of this terrible stuff. Yeah, um, and I'm not saying it looks great, but it's right next to the convention center. Ah. And Bernadette and I walked past it the other day. We were going to pick up some food and I looked at it and no one was in it or anything. And I've ne I haven't felt this temptation in a while where it's just like, oh, we should just go in. Like I've missed bars. So yeah, because you'd be like, the only ones. Ooh. We'd be the only ones. But it's still, you know, it's still unsafe. Other people could show up. I don't know the people who are serving us while we're sitting down like, ah. I don't know. Maybe it's overly paranoid, but I just I figure it's way better to play it safe these days. No, I think you're you're on the right track, kind of erring on the side of caution because you're right. Like, you know, there are still like servers who would have to like, you know, be kind of ex but you'd expose yourselves to each other like that. And you wouldn't be wearing a mask, at least for part of it, because, you know, you need to put things in your mouth. That's the whole point of going to yeah. things like bars and restaurants. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Good move. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. But God damn, the temptation is there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I just think we can go to that. Person. We can go to that. You know, once that anime becomes a thing again, we can go to that bar uh, at some point. I am really excited for whenever sack anime becomes a thing again. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is like within a block, and it looks trendy and hipstery, but it's also a block away from the convention center. So <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. Watch they like double their drink prices during sack anime. Whatever, I'll be drunk enough to pay it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> We're we're anime. We are anime content creators now. We can ball out a little bit. At, yeah, at the exactly. Anime. <laughs> yeah, listen, we got like two subscribers on the Chainsaw Man video. Hey, we're, yeah. we're basically as big as it gets at this point. I would say so. <laughs> <laughs> Meteoric oh, rise to stardom here. 150 views on that last episode. That was nuts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If we're, I mean, I don't really know where we go from here. You know, once Nowhere you get 150 views, nowhere. But <laughs> yeah, down. exactly. Well, I mean, we'll we'll see it on this holiday episode, which, you know, with a name like I want to eat your pancreas, uh, <laughs> I can't imagine the algorithm's going to be kind to this one. <laughs> yeah. And that's that's probably for the best. 
<laughs> well, you been playing anything fun lately or watching anything fun lately? Uh, you know what I've been playing um, recently? I've been I've been playing Sonic Forces. Uh, oh, it's, I think you've, you've mentioned this. I have. I, th- I think I mentioned it in the last episode. Uh, I really don't <laughs> like Sonic Forces, but it is a Sonic game and I am a Sonic guy and I can't stand owning a Sonic game and not having beaten it. So I'm making my way through that. Uh, it's not great. That's that's the one that you can build your own like Sonic OC, right? That's correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll have to show you my my Sonic OC later. I'm not going to dig oh. it up right now, but it is uh, it is atrocious. And I did that on purpose, you- but. You absolutely have to get that to me before this episode goes on yeah. YouTube. Everyone needs to see this. We'll have it on the on the YouTube video for sure. Uh, the most frustrating <laughs> thing about it is like everything in the game from story to mechanics is based around your original character. It's not like it's not like, oh, you're playing a Sonic game with a guy you made thrown in there. It's like you are playing a game about the guy you made with Sonic and everybody else gassing you up the whole time. Like everything you do you do anything you kill an enemy you jump over a gap you beat a level anything and every character like knuckles and amy and sbo and sonic and rouge and charmy and whoever else is like wow you're the best you're so fucking cool hell yeah dude high five fist bump like it's every time you do everything like anything and like you know i get it well wish fulfillment and stuff like that and obviously it's aimed at kids um but I don't know. I feel like if I was, you know, seven playing this game, even it would have been too much even for, you know, seven year old me, much less 29 year old me. See, that's what I was. I was thinking I'm like sitting here like, oh, I got to figure that a small bockery would be like, this is great. I love that Sonic is hyping me up right now. No, I mean, like, yeah, like that probably would have been cool on on one level, like the first couple times it happens. But I'm telling you, it's nonstop. Like everything you do. somebody will will talk about how fucking great you are um it's it's just kind of a pain i guess i mean you know what maybe i'm totally <laughs> full of shit maybe kids love it but uh yeah <laughs> yeah well you know i think um i remember uh i i have no interactions with children but uh, i've got friends who have you know who like have like cousins young cousins and stuff like that and i yeah. remember them saying around the era of sonic boom that that was like what was cool you know or at least to some of them. You know, some kids liked Fortnite, some kids liked Minecraft, but some other kids, Sonic Boom, that was their jam right there. Um, I don't know where Sonic Forces falls in with that. But. Uh no, it's 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 got nothing to do with the 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 boom timeline, except I think it shares a lot of the same voice actors, like um Roger God, I always forget his name, Roger Craig Smith, I think, who was the voice actor for Sonic up until like last week or the week before. Um, he's he's Sonic in both. I think they got the same voice actors for Knuckles and Tails and stuff, but the designs are completely different. The story's completely different. Um that's about where the similarities end. Yeah, because is is Boom just done? Like is that not a thing anymore? I yeah, I think so. I think they finished the the cartoon and uh I mean there hasn't been a Sonic Boom game since like what, twenty fifteen? Something like that. So yeah, because they made like two of them, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I neither of them particularly I, I heard, good. Oh yeah, I I heard they were all. I heard the show was all right. The show I don't was know, fun. So, the show I know has the some game had gags. that big glitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my friend Josh, who's also a big Sonic guy, is I believe he liked the show. That's that's not surprising. Like what I've I haven't I haven't sat down and watched a lot of the show, but like what I've seen is like, oh, that's that's pretty funny. Like it's it's mildly amusing to me now. But like, I'm sure I like, listen, I watched every episode of the Donkey Kong Country TV show as a kid. Like I absolutely would have ate that shit up. 
dude, I went wild for when that came out. And I remember like watching it and there was family over and I was so into it. And I look <laughs> back on it. I remember them not being into it. And I kind of see why seeing it as an adult now. Yeah, it's not great. And, you know, I went back and because it's all it's all free on YouTube now. You can watch the whole thing. Oh, shit. For free. But yeah, there's some parts about it like. Listen, I'm not about to go on some SJW dissertation on the Donkey Kong Country animated TV show, but some parts like uh like no, funky do. like Funky Kong's awful fake patois, like the Jamaican accent, really doesn't age well. <laughs> really not great. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 an era that like you you know, I I feel like in it's fairly recent where you can point at and being like Oh, we were okay with this at this point. Oh, yeah. You know? And it, it goes all the way up to like 2012, I feel like, where we were just like, well, we were okay with casual racism until until this point. Totally, yeah. Um, there's that, you know, the concept of the Overton window, you know, like what is and is not acceptable. Like, I feel like that's shifted, particularly in those like, you know, quote unquote microaggressions, you know, casual racism kind of stuff. And so like, yeah, like one day it's like we woke up and all of a sudden it wasn't okay to do, you know, a uh, uh, fake whatever accent and that's good yeah. you know yes. <laughs> it's i've seen nothing but improvement in that regard but um yeah it's interesting how that works I, I wonder like what exactly causes that sort of thing or if it's just you know uh yeah i don't know i don't know anything about this kind of thing i took one sociology class <laughs> well it, it's funny um i probably shouldn't admit this but i'll, I'll do it anyways i was playing D and uh, i'm the dungeon master and uh -huh. i so that and I like to do voices. I'm not saying I'm good at them, uh, but I I enjoy the act of playing as different characters. And yeah. I was playing a uh, like lizard lizard folk guy, um, and he was like the leader of this tribe of lizard folk. And I I this character was kind of a important character for a few sessions. And it wasn't until like the second second or third session where I was doing his voice where I was like, this is I don't I can't put my finger on what exactly or who exactly i'm offending but this is a racist voice that i'm doing yeah kind of like a star wars situation <laughs> like jar jar we don't know exactly who he's trying to portray there but like it doesn't it doesn't sound not racist like i i think it this is this is gonna make it sound i think more racist than it was but it was like watto but like with harder consonants <laughs> oh okay yeah yeah, I don't know. I don't know what, you know, what sort of race Wado was supposed to be. Like if it was a, uh, you know, Tolkien and the dwarves kind of thing. But uh, yeah, yeah. It's safe to say it's not exactly on the level. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny. You can just at least for me, I can just roll into those things. And it takes me a minute to be like, mm, I fucked up, didn't I? Guys? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank God uh, you don't play D&D &D with any Toydarians. Huh? That would have been really awkward. Oh, so awkward. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well it also makes me doubly glad that i don't like stream D because some i just do all sorts of embarrassing stuff and that's probably maybe one of the worst ones but uh, you know it's just like i like doing voices in an environment where it's just friends sure you know yeah i say enough dumb shit on this podcast so. <laughs> well thankfully neither of us have to my recollection none of us have done any uh you know casually racist accents so far so let's keep that up so far listen there's <laughs> we're only like 20 minutes into this yeah, recording the night, there's a lot the night of episodes still young. <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh how about you you've been you've been you've been playing anything lately 
Yeah, you know, I I had to do a lot of thinking. I've um a lot's happened in the last like week or so, and I'm like, what do I want to talk to Bakri about? And I I think I think this is I, I, I need information from you is basically uh what I'm getting at. Okay. So I was playing I was playing Doom. I watched Tim Rogers action button nice. Doom review, and I'm like, I've never beaten Doom as an adult. I need to beat Doom. And I'm part I'm like halfway through it, and Anthony messages me and is like Dude, hell yeah, you're playing Doom. Um, have have you tried Ultra Kill? I'm like, oh yeah, I've been Ooh. meaning to play that one. And he's like, yeah, Bakri and I have been like taunting each other with scores, and I immediately closed Doom and <laughs> uh, installed Ultra Kill, and I'm playing Ultra Kill because all I'm thinking is I miss being able to send you screenshots of my gameplay like when we were playing Sonic. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, I've been like waiting for the game we can do that on again. I'm taking too many L's. Like, I I still haven't beaten your score in Sonic Generations because I only just got that running on my PC like a month ago. And and Good. I'm fucking I'm still behind Anthony and Ultra Kill. He's like oh shit. He's like three. I was I think I, I if I remember correctly because um, because it's like a bloody palace kind of thing it's like you know they just put you in like a randomly generated level with like you know just a random assortment of enemies will come out and like start attacking you um and in ultra kill in ultra kill well well there's there's like a story mode too but like the the okay. version we're competing in is called um okay cyber grind um, okay yeah okay. and cyber so like they come okay. in waves like it's a survival wave kind of thing and so i got to i got to 24 waves and i i was sweating blood for that shit it was so intense and then that day or maybe the next no it was that day anthony comes back with 27 and i have not like it just broke me i have not been able to get anywhere near that i think the closest i've gotten is like 18 cents okay that's okay that that's what i wanted to know because i'm uh I was playing through this the story mode session, and I love Ultra Kill. I think it's absolutely fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was like, I, I get the score at the end of the level. I'm like, is this what they're competing over? Like, uh, am no, I doing no. well, badly? Okay, so I got I got to play Cyber Grind. Okay, yeah. Uh, what I'd recommend is like get through the story mode, and also there's um there's a series of like secrets that you can get in the first the first set of levels, like the um. They're all named after the the seven deadly sins. I think it's the last one or something like that. Um, okay. The first set of levels, whichever that is. Uh, there's secrets that you can get throughout that'll get you a variant on the uh, the pistol, and I think you should probably get that before you start messing around with cyber grind because it can be extremely useful. Um, Got it. Yeah, okay. and there's like more stuff, like more weapons and stuff like that that you'll unlock as you as you play through the story. Um, what exists. Uh, also, like I just realized we didn't really talk about what Ultra Kill is. Ultra Kill is basically. <laughs> <laughs> the, what you need to know about Ultra Kill is that the URL for the for the game with game's website is Devil May Quake. It's <laughs> it is a character action first person shooter. You can slide and air dash and do all these crazy animation cancels. There's a there's a weapon where you flip a coin into the air and then if you shoot the coin, then it'll ricochet at an enemy and it'll like oh, crit them. So good. Yeah. All you can maybe my favorite thing, you can fire a shot with your shotgun and then punch that shot that you just fired with your fist and it'll make it fly further and do more damage and explode and explode. Yeah. No, the fucking tagline, mankind is dead. Blood is fuel. Hell is, or uh, yeah, blood is fuel. Hell is full. (laughs) Holy shit. I, I fucked it up, but oh man, (laughs) like it is a game called ultra kill and it lives up to the name ultra kill. 
It sure that's, does. That's that's a thing that if anyone would have made a game called Ultra Kill in like between 2005 and 2015, it would have been a shitty Call of Duty game with slightly more murder. Mm-hmm. Slightly. And, um, God, it's so good. <laughs> uh, that shotgun? Like, like that's my favorite gun in that game, is the, the shotgun that uh, either you can shoot an explosive round or you can charge it up. Mm-hmm. I, like, I feel... St- a, I feel powerful. B, I love the sounds. Oh, ultra kill. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I haven't been that enamored with a game so quickly in a it's, while. It's so good. And it's only an early access. Like, there's way more to be added to it. Like, I'm really excited for when they put the next set of chapters in. Because, like, uh, you haven't you haven't beaten the single player mode or the, the N- story mode yet? No, I'm on the, uh, like, where things, like, get really bright, where it's, like, sunny and nice. Oh, okay, yeah, I know where you're at. Um, yeah, so you you still, you, there's still a couple more weapons for you to pick up as well. Um, but, yeah, the the ending of that is fucking intense and, like, you know, really sets up the next set of chapters that, that don't exist yet. Like, it sets it up really, really nicely. Like, I'm so... You get to meet your Virgil, essentially, and he's a motherfucker, and I'm just so excited to see where that goes. Yeah. No, I'm I'm so... The boss fights are also, like, super good in that game. Oh, like, yeah. Like, Sword Machine was so... When I realized I could parry his punches mm-hmm. and, like, enrage him, I'm like, this is the greatest game I've ever played. <laughs> this is so cool. Just, uh... You can parry with the shotgun as well. I found that out recently. Like, oh, there's really? certain attacks that if you shoot your shotgun as it's as it's coming out, then it'll it'll block it. I knew the shotgun was the best gun. It, it has a whole lot of a whole lot of uses. Yeah, no, I I gotta say I am living I'm living the dream right now. Um, I I brought up Doom Eternal a while back, mm-hmm. the, you know, a million podcasts ago, and uh, you know it didn't run on my computer. Got a new graphics card, not an amazing graphics card, but one that can run Doom Eternal. So I I I've been playing Doom Eternal. Oh hell yeah, uh, Dusk. Uh, more Halo. Like I'm, I'm living the FPS dream right now. I'm You've playing got, Ultra Kill. It's a whole like smorgasbord of gun violence right there. I'm loving it, man. <laughs> it's so good. And I was playing the original 1993 Doom, which is still super fun. Oh, Go yeah. Doom. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm living the dream right now. Like I, there, uh, like a new Total War game got announced. Uh, Total War, Total War Warhammer Three. And I'm excited about it. And it made me like, oh, I should play Warhammer right now. And then I thought about it for a minute. I'm like, mm, no, I'm going to play Doom. I'm going to play Doom right now. Yeah. Wait, now Total War. I played, I played, Um, is it Dawn of War? Um, The other, yeah. the other Warhammer game. I played that. What's Total War like? Is that another RTS? So, so Total War is like a, a very different thing. Um, Up until like 2000. I'm going to say like 2013 or so mm-hmm. they made historical war games. And the big thing um, about them was, you know, their strategy and all that, but that the battles themselves were like big spectacle battles. Oh, like cool. you, you know, you'd bring your army of 2000 individual guys in, you know, and they'd be in units of like, you know, a hundred or so. Sure. But like, you know, 2000, you can zoom in and see, you know, a ton of guys fighting another 2,000 guys. Um, so that was really fun. Like, uh, Rome Total War was a big one. Oh. Like, that was, yeah. Okay. There was, a sh- there was uh, like, a Japanese one, like a Total War Shogun, right? 
Yeah, sh- uh, I've I've played uh, Total War Shogun Two, and that's really fun. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's you know, it, it's it kind of I don't want to say is realistic in any way, but like, uh, you know, it's about routing your enemy and making them you know run away instead of like killing them to a man, like right. in a, you know Starcraft or something. But uh, they they did a fantasy thing, and now there's Total Warhammer. Th- I, I total warhammer 3 coming out and it's gonna have like all these evil demons and shit and i'm i'm so excited hell yeah <laughs> but yeah dawn of dawn of war is the warhammer 40k so it's like sci-fi and shit yeah um, yeah rts and i love dawn of war i i played so much dawn of war that was my that was my starcraft 2 for a long time <laughs> that you know that that tracks actually yeah yeah because I couldn't get StarCraft 2 to run on my old ass laptop, <laughs> but uh Dawn of War the the there was a there was a disc that I bought in like 2008 or so and it had like Dawn of War in the first couple expansions and if you installed the game from the disc you could run it from your computer without the disc. So I installed it on all of my friends' <laughs> laptops and we would do these huge LAN parties with that game. So I have I have very fond memories of Dawn of War. Oh, you know what? My friends and I used to do that with uh, Age of Empires 2. Mm. We, we were able to do the same thing and we'd have like eight-person uh, Age of Empires LAN parties. That was a good time. God, I love... Oh. I, miss, I miss strategy LAN parties. Yeah. Like... Like I don't get me wrong, I love Halo land parties. They're a great time, but like, there's just a different vibe in the room where everyone's trying to outsmart the other people, or you're all outsmarting the the AI or something. Yeah, totally. And like, it's it's a very different vibe when you're just playing with some other people who like are, don't go out of their ways to be like super pro at the game. Because like, you know, you jump on uh, StarCraft two online and you're gonna play against yeah. some like sweaty sixteen year old who's like, oh, I'm gonna do this super optimized Zerg rush or four gate or whatever, and you're like, you lose it five minutes in or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, it's just you and your buddies. Like, you know, you're thinking like, oh, okay, well, this person is like pretty aggressive, so he's probably gonna make a move here, stuff like that. Like, you kind of you start thinking about your friends as people and how they would like react to the game and not just like what the meta is or something like that. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it's such a, it's such a good time. And it's, it's one that's really hard to pull off. Cause like, how often do you have like Xboxes are easy to pull together, but like how often do you have PCs all together? It's a bit <laughs> trickier. I feel like a lot of people have desktops that run those kind of games. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. And I, that's how we did it with, uh, with the age of empires parties. It was just like, we just, the the dinner table and the the coffee table just desktops everywhere you know just made it work <laughs> quite a bit of setup time and it got very no. hot god i bet <laughs> my fucking computer that's sitting next to me while we're recording and is making a bunch of noise into my microphone Ooh. is uh it's like a space heater during winter <laughs> you know i rely on it i mm-hmm. leave it on just so that i my room will be slightly less cold <laughs> Um, well, you want to, you want to get into some, uh, you want to eat some pancreases? Pancreases? Let, let me double check. There's, Pan- there's pancreases. Is there anything else I was like, oh, I got to talk to Bakri about. I, I got to look up the plural of pancreas. Pan- pancreas. I don't know. Um, oh, I wanted to check. Okay. I've, I've got this obsession going right now. It's pancreata. Um, oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um, have, I don't know if you have access to HBO stuff, but I've, I've been going down a Lovecraft hole lately oh yeah and have you watched lovecraft country i have not but i've heard that's good and that that jordan peele is involved in some capacity and i really liked both get out and uh us so i'm, I'm very interested 
Yeah, it's it's really fun. It's it's so I've realized there was there was a point where I didn't know anything about Lovecraft, and I was like, oh, he's this cool like, you know, he talks about big monsters and stuff. And then I learned more about Lovecraft, and it's like, um, oh, it's about the unknown and the unknowable and how it affects you and all that. And I've kind of come back to, no, I just kind of want big horror kaiju stuff because <laughs> Lovecraft was kind of terrible and I just want fun adventures. Yeah. And Lovecraft Country, I'm making it maybe sound a bit dumber than than it actually is, but it's really fun. Like, it, it kind of feels like a, um, it has the same fun that like a shonen anime does. That's but, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But like in a, you know, it's it's all serious live action you know it doesn't have the same tone as anime necessarily of course but like the whole time i was watching it i'm like i was so into it just because the adventure and the characters and things like that and not that any of it is super super deep but it's just like oh this is so much fun i haven't had this much fun with a show in so long (laughs) (laughs) well shit might have to pick that or get on that uh hbo max at some point and check that out because yeah i've heard nothing but good things about that and i'm also like I, I enjoy Lovecraft a fair amount. I understand we wouldn't have been friends, but I I, I like Lovecraft <laughs> well enough. Um, it's funny how, like, even today, it's, it's you know, you can tell people about Lovecraft's cat and they had no idea. Like, they, yeah. uh, so many people just kind of know him as, like, oh, yeah, that guy who wrote about the spooky octopus man, Cthulhu. Like, you know, they, they <laughs> like that South Park episode. But, yeah, there's a lot going yeah. on there. Well, I that's one of the things I... Um... I like, for the most part, and maybe it's just the, the, the crowd I hang with, but the um, people's reactions when you talk about Lovecraft, I feel like are the appropriate reactions when you talk about artists from uh, from the past, you know, where it's like, wow, they did some really cool stuff. Also, but like, I, I don't think you can get through a whole Lovecraft conversation without someone bringing up Oh, yeah, you know he's a huge racist. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know he's a huge piece of shit, right? Like, he hated homosexual people and all that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, everyone talks about that anytime he comes up. And I feel like that's the appropriate reaction to have with a lot of content uh, out there. I was about to call Lovecraft a content creator. Um, <laughs> Noted influencer, H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like... Yeah, like, I think it's, you know, it's like what we talked about, I think, in the first episode or whatever with, like, or at least what I, like, at least to me, like, when I talk about, like, Kill I Kill, like, you can't ignore the problematic issues around that show, but you can still like that show and enjoy a lot of things about that. And I I don't know, I like how people react to Lovecraft, where, (laughs) yeah, he's a huge piece of shit. We all have to acknowledge that. Yeah. Okay, now that we've acknowledged that. Call of Cthulhu's kind of a fun story. Totally. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you know, people talk about when it comes to, like, shitty, shitty artists and authors and stuff like that. Like, take J.K. Rowling. You know, a lot of people grew up on Harry Potter books. And then she really showed her ass as this, like, horrible, horrible bigot. Um, To the point where, like, and I tweeted as much, like, you know, she's she's pretty much become in the same, like, lane where, like, you have to bring up J.K. Rowling's bigotry before you can talk about her work. Yeah, but absolutely. Yeah, like I feel like there's this, you know, oh, I don't feel like it. People say like, you know, oh, well, you could just separate the art from the artist just because they're a bad person doesn't mean that their work is bad. But like, it's something that they made, like their views are going to show up in what they made, like HP or uh, JK Rowling's bigotry does show up in Harry Potter in many different ways. And HP Lovecraft's like 
his racism is what fuels those books. Like we talk about fear of the unknown. Yeah. Like that is HP. Yeah. In my opinion, that is his own fear on display. He is so terrified of things that don't, uh, that he doesn't know or that don't look or act or think like he does. And it terrifies him. And that manifests itself in stories like a uh, shadow over in Innsmouth or call of Cthulhu or any of the other, those other ones. Yeah. Not so much. Some of his other short stories where it's just about, you know, less about that kind of thing, but still like you cannot divorce HP Lovecraft's racism and homophobia and all the rest from his work because it is baked in. And that's why it's so important to talk about it. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's not like an art. Cause not that I've, I've read it, but what's the, um, Ender's game. I can't remember the name of the author, oh, but God. that dude, Orson Scott card. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. That sounds right. Huge piece of shit. Oh yeah. And I've, I've never read Ender's game. But that seems like the most, per- from what I've heard from other people, that's about, like, people of different, like, creeds all working together to, def- you know, to overcome some big obstacle or something. And I've heard that's the most confusing, like, author art to art, uh, art like, art to artist relationship is, like, here's here's about people of different things working together and then the dude's a huge piece of shit who thinks gay people should be put in like concentration camps. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't entirely remember what he said, but I know he sucks. Yeah. And I remember, I remember hearing somebody talking about that and like bringing up the fact that the, the enemy aliens are all called buggers, I think, which, Oh yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you can see a bit <laughs> well, of that. I can't there, mean anything, <laughs> but like, I'm not exactly about to start talking out. Like I've read Ender's game, but I read it when I was like, I don't know, 18 and God, I don't remember anything other than the <laughs> fact that Ender at one point kills a kid by kicking him in the nuts too hard. Um, oh, hell yeah. Yeah. He likes I wonder if that shows up in the movie. God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, well, and that's, and that's a whole speaking of like with the movie and stuff like that, it's like with, you know, with Lovecraft, there's a bit of a detachment from like the way, I, the way I feel about things and maybe I'm wrong about this, but the way I feel about things is like, you know, with separating the art from the artist is you, you know, you have to know who the artist is and you can still appreciate their art, but you also can't, if you feel like the artist is a piece of shit. So let's say JK Rowling, who I firmly believe is a piece of shit. Absolutely. Is, like, if I wanted to read Harry Potter, I'm not going to buy a new Harry Potter book. You know, I don't want my money going to support that person. If sure. I, But you can still enjoy Harry Potter, you know, if you're a Potterhead or whatever. Oh, I forgot about Potterheads. I haven't heard that term in a while. Yeah. I, 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 is it Pothead or is that too edgy for that community? <laughs> I think that's the, the illusion they're going for. But yeah, that was the... I've seen I've seen many Harry Potter fans uh, lovingly refer to themselves as such. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and it's fine. I I remember enjoying the Harry Potter books as a, a younger person, and oh, I didn't yeah. hate the movies for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. You can't you can't go see new J.K. Rowling stuff like you're or whatever whatever she would get money from. Like, you're just not allowed to. Like you have to buy it used. Or you <laughs> have to like <laughs> that's that's the deal now. Just gotta pirate it. Anyway. <laughs> uh, but anyways, read all of Lovecraft's stuff on public domain. It's all fucking free. Not that you can support him. I don't yeah. know. But, <laughs> yeah. I was trying to read Shadows over in Smith or whatever that story's called, uh-huh. and God, it is so long, and that man loves his fucking adjectives. I am so ready to read an e-read of that book. Just someone read that book to me. There's, yeah, there's definitely, like, I think the first time I 
uh, quote unquote read Shadow Over Innsmouth was I think somebody had just like recorded their own audiobook of it on YouTube. So I just I just ended up watching that. You know, it was fine. I've been meaning to watch that in the background while I play our, you know, various FPS games. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Shadow Over Innsmouth is good. I, li- I like that one. All right, well, I got all my rambles out. You want to you wanna get into this this movie that we watched? Um, let me just talk about Sonic for another 20 minutes. No, I'm ready. No, uh, that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> me, that's what we're here for. Uh, some other time. We can go ahead and talk about... Uh, I want to eat your pancreas. Um, uh, thank you. Yeah, um, I forgot that name for a second. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, we... This week... We watched, I don't know why I'm saying this week, like we release weekly episodes. Uh, we we just watched uh, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, which is a movie from, mm-hmm. uh, I believe, 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little, bit, a little bit of a breakout for us. Usually we watch six episodes of an anime. So we're going to have to revamp our uh, whole rating system. Oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the idea was like, you know, we wanted a something romance obviously for the occasion but you know with with most of the romance animes i've ever seen like with the exception of maybe like my love story and a couple others the the relationship only ever kind of blossoms in the second half of the anime so like we probably we'd only be getting into the like the meet cute and the awkward stage in the first six episodes so a movie seemed like the right answer uh whether this was the right movie who knows but uh like the, the thinking was sound at the time yeah yeah it's a little bit tricky well so i i was talking with when we when I heard about this movie, I was talking with Tim um, and he was like, I, I said, we were going to, we were thinking about watching weathering with you. Yeah. And he was like, it's not really a romance movie. And then he started throwing out other romance movies. And when he said, I want to eat your pancreas, which is the name of the movie, not a thing he said to me. <laughs> um, he, when he, when he said that, I was like, I, I got really freaked out by it. And it's a weird name out of context, all, you know, in in all fairness. Sure. But I, being the wonderful, dumb person I am, got real confused when he said it because I confused the word pancreas with placenta. Oh, that that makes it a little different. That's a very that's a very different movie. People do that. You know, they'll they'll eat somebody's placenta like after they give birth. They do. Yeah. So I. I don't know anything about that. I haven't looked really. I, I googled placenta like an hour ago <laughs> so I could know what it was in case anyone asked. But like I, that came up and he said that and I was just like, oh, that's weird. Oh, what is this movie? You you swear this is like a romantic movie, right? And it wasn't until like a couple days ago I learned that pancreas is a very different organ. It does very <laughs> different things. So... um but he was like, based on my reaction, he was like, oh, no, you guys have to watch it if you're freaking out this much. I was freaking out about a different organ body thing. I don't know what a pancre- or a placenta is exactly, but it's uh, it, it, it's a part of the apparatus that that supplies uh, like nutrients and stuff to a baby while it's still in in the womb. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that qualifies like. If that qualifies as an organ or like a whatever, but uh, yeah, yeah. So pancreas is a very different thing. We we googled, I googled it a little bit before the movie, and it's like a thing that helps with like your blood sugar levels and it helps you digest food. Very different than what I thought. It was. Yeah. <laughs> 
So yeah. So that may be part of the reason why we watched this movie. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. I mean, like, because so, I was the one who suggested weathering with you. My my initial thought was either uh, five centimeters per second or um, what's it called? Your name. Uh, Your name. Yeah. And I'm just not realizing Wolf Children, Ame and Yuki would have been a much better pick. But uh, anyway. Uh, I was thinking those are like, well, those are a little too, too, like, you know, uh, well-trodden. Let's go for something different by the same director. That's why I suggest Weathering With You. And then Tim mm. was correct in saying that Weathering With You is more of like a climate change movie than it is a romance movie. But uh, A Silent Voice and I Want to Eat Your Pancreas are similarly not just romance movies. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's kind of I, I felt a little bit disappointed that this wasn't as romantic as I was hoping for. Yeah. But overall, I still I I liked this movie. Yeah, I, how, I enjoyed myself feel? quite a bit. I, I think it was okay. it was it was very pretty, and the characters were very likable. Um, the story and I, I, the story felt a little rushed, and like I feel as though because this, like we were saying, this is based on a novel, and I feel like maybe there was a chapter or two that like they wanted to put in but just didn't have the runtime or whatever, and you know, uh, could have made it hit a little harder, you know, when when certain things happened. Um, but overall, no, I, I did like this movie quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I feel kind of similarly. I feel like it works great for the first, like two thirds of it. And then the, the last third is not awful, but it definitely lost me a bit. Uh, and if it isn't clear at this point, we're going to get into spoilers about the whole movie. We're oh, going to yeah. talk about the whole movie and everything. So if you haven't seen it, uh, you're, I mean, you're probably already fucked, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Go if you have interest in going to watch. Uh, I want to eat your pancreas. Go, it's it gets my recommendation. Go for it. Um, but yeah, we're yeah, gonna spoil the yeah, shit out too. of it, so you know, be warned. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's get into it. So, uh, kind of broke it up into a few parts. The movie starts with the funeral of the main uh, girl, uh, Sakura. Sakura Yamauchi, it, I believe. Yeah. And so you know you're immediately that she's going to die. And that's, excuse me, that's a real bummer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so it starts super heavy. Like, I remember we we both, you know, we synced up the movie. We, we started watching it together, you know, making some jokes. We're having fun. We're friends. And then, uh... It's like, oh, here's a funeral for a high school girl. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I guess I kind of, because like the, the general premise, like, you know, if you read like the, the, the back of the box, I'm sure we'll say about as much, like this is about a, a girl who has uh, like a pancreatic disease or something like that. They don't expressly say a specific name of a disease or anything like that. It's not pancreatic cancer or whatever, just a disease. Um, and she only has a few years to live. Like we know that going into it. So like, I guess it is kind of like, it's nice of them in a way to say like right up front, like, yeah, this person's going to die. You're not, it's not going to be one of those things where the doctor goes like, there's an experimental surgery and you have 10% chance of making it. And then they're like, we believe with the power of love. And then she like makes it fine. Like we know from the jump, she's gonna die. Yeah. And I I think that's a, a, an interesting way or like a, yeah, I think that's a good way to frame this movie mm -hmm. because it it gives a certain as the characters interact and whatnot, it it gives it a a tone like as as things get like bright and happy in this movie, you always know that this is coming. Yeah, totally. Um, 
I remember watching, uh, I think it was American Beauty was like the first movie that ever did this to me, where it was like, you know, I'm, it, it's got, I think it was with Kevin Spacey and he's like, you know, I'm Michael so-and-so and in three days I'll be dead. And I was like, oh, you just foiled this fucking movie for me. <laughs> and then because I knew he was going to die, I was so much more invested in the movie. Right. Yeah, and and so I, I kind of felt similarly with this the opening of this film. It's like, okay, yeah, no matter what happens, you you always know that death is going to be like a part of this film. And this is a this is a thought that I just now had. Like a, a something that that Sakura mentions later on is that she doesn't tell a lot of the people around her that she has this this disease because she doesn't want them to start distancing themselves from her. Because like you know, when you know somebody's going to die, like maybe you kind of close yourself off. You're not going to like let them occupy that same emotional space because when they leave, it's going to be that much harder. I think maybe now that I'm thinking about it, maybe that beginning like where she we, it shows us like right up front that she's going to die. Like is the movie kind of posing that same opportunity to us saying like, yes, you know, this person's going to die and we invite you to get attached and like invested in her anyway. And that's that's mm-hmm. kind of nice. That's neat. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> One point. One point. I want to eat your pancreas. <laughs> and and overall and like like we said i i think this is this this movie works i like the opening too so they go you go from that to there's um they're in the library and the the timeline in this opening is a bit odd because the the real timeline is that the main protagonist who's i'm not sure if his name is said anywhere uh earlier but his it's not. uh sh- Sorry, it's it's not. They they don't say his first or last name. I don't think. Okay, but main male protagonist, who I'll just say is Shiga. I think that's his last name. Yes. Um. Uh. Shiga. He works in a library, and she's like following him around. And then you learn that that is after he found her book just randomly on this ground, or like basically her diary, and he opens it and reads that um, Sakura has pancreatic cancer. And he's the only and at that point, he's the only one who knows outside of her family that she has the the, I said pancreatic cancer. I don't know if that was the thing. That's just an illness. I don't think they say cancer specifically. Yeah, but he's the only one that knows at that point. She has that disease. Yeah. And uh, and that makes her kind of more attached to him because he does know. Yeah. It's like he he finds out and when she, you know, she kind of just comes clean because it's like, you know, she for it. She just kind of forgot her diary on a hospital bench. He picks it up, looks at the first page, blah, blah, blah. And so she just kind of explains like, yeah, I have this illness. It hasn't really started hitting me yet, but like I, I don't have very long to live, maybe a few more years. And when she says that, he just kind of he's a very deadpan kind of guy. He just kind of goes like, oh, eh, you know, no, no big reaction. No. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry or anything like that. He's just like, oh, is that so? Um and so she kind of starts gravitating towards him because of that, because he doesn't have this big dramatic um, reaction to it. And so, like, she's he's the one person who's proven that he can kind of take that news and still be normal around her. Yeah. Yeah. And and across the, the course of the movie, I really like the dynamic between these characters where she is dying. You know, something that we sh- most people would consider to be like the worst thing. Like, you know, you're going to die in the next few years. Mm-hmm. And um, she's very like hap- like she's a very happy and bubbly character. And then the other 
character, Shiga, is um, very reserved, very doesn't care about other people, just kind of wants to be left alone, Um, you know, total opposite. But he's not dying of anything as far as we know. Mm -hmm. So he's he's, you know, and there's a there's a part. um, So she takes a a job working at the library and, you know, he knows about her secret and is like, why aren't you, you know, doing something big? You know, why are you working at a library? And it kind of shows the difference between what he expects someone would do when they're dying and what a person would actually do when they know they're going to die. Yeah. And she, you know, and she expresses a lot like, Hey, I like, we're all going to die. You don't know when you're going to die. Totally. But you know, I, I, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to be around you right now. Mm-hmm. And there is a sort of certain like comfort and pleasure in just sort of doing like every day, like day to day activities, especially around somebody that you like or care for. Right. So like you would think like, yeah, she'd be doing all this crazy bucket list stuff. She'd be going skydiving and fucking like all this other make a wish type shit. But like, yeah, yeah, maybe she just wants to hang out at a library with her bud, you know, do normal school things because this is her only opportunity to do that. Same as it's her only opportunity to do all that other stuff. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if it's ever hit you, but like I've I've had those days where it's like. Um, if if this was my last day on Earth, like, you know, or if like if I knew I was dying, like, what would I do? And it's like, would I do things differently? And it's like overall at least I mean, maybe i'm just living right or whatever but <laughs> overall like i i don't think i would like I, you know there's a lot of mundanities and things like that and maybe i'd quit whatever job i had at the time but uh you know it's a lot of the times you don't need to go fucking buck wild to get the most out of life and the and the movie kind of gets into it and kind of what i'm trying to say is like it's about the people around you that kind of remind you who you are yeah Totally. Like, especially living at, like, um, where we were living before. Like, you know, it was you, I, and uh, Tyler and Anthony. And uh-huh. it, it, for me, at that that point in my life, I was like, I don't think I'd do that much differently. Like, maybe I'd stop going to school, but I love living with these guys. You know, I love having just hanging out at random moments yeah no that was a that was a particularly nice like period like i definitely don't think i would have aside from maybe some questionable decisions and where i ended up working um like (laughs) i don't think i would have redone anything from that like period of my life or anything like that i think that was done exactly like if if you know the day we moved out of uncle junction i just got hit by a car like you know it'd be like oh that's no regrets that's fine you know yeah yeah absolutely yeah no i i was thinking about it the other day um like, like I was thinking about like productivity and stuff like that. And I, I remember so many days that uh, like while I was like unemployed, but going to school or something and I walked out and you were playing Yakuza and I watched you play Yakuza for like four or five hours. Oh, and I yeah. beat myself up after I watched you play that because I was like, oh, I should have been doing homework. You know, I had all this homework I was supposed to be doing and I didn't do it. And I had to stay up late and all that. And I look back on those times now and I'm like, no, that was great. Yeah. I had so much fun watching you play Yakuza. <laughs> you know, it's I feel like it's part of the reason why we're as good of friends as we are. It's just sitting down and just hanging out. I think know? so. Yeah, that was like if 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 life was like a dating sim and I'm not saying we ever dated, but if it was like a dating sim, that would have been like a, you know, plus like a level up to our friendship rank right there. It's like just hanging out on the couches playing video games there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, that because like we did it a few times, and I I just remember just sitting there watching and like, oh, I need to do something else, and then I'd get up, I'd grab like cheese its, and then I would sit back down and just have the time of my life. You know. You know the great. important part about that time we spent together is that it was cheese its and not cheese nips. Exactly. Vastly superior cheese, cheese cracker. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, and not to get too romantic on this podcast, <laughs> but I remember before we left uh, Uncle Junction, as we called it, mm-hmm. uh, you being like, we should do an anime podcast where we, we hang out. I was like, so like happy. Like, oh, yeah, Bakri wants to do like a podcast together. Like, yeah. That's so fucking cool. And, <laughs> and here, here we, are. we are. Ten episodes later. Yeah, well, absolutely. Ten episodes that went up online. We made like five that were just so bad God. we just shelved them. But <laughs> we reviewed the the my mom is an MMO character. Oh right. Oh God. That was Don't terrible. you love your mother and her two hit multi target attacks or something like that? Yep. Oh God, yep. that was terrible. God damn. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I'm sure we'll look back at these, you know, first first episodes and be like, you know, if we if we keep at this, like eventually we're going to look back at this and be like, what were we thinking? This is terrible. But like nowhere near what it was like back then, you know, not missing out on much. Yeah, absolutely. Like, why did we allow Stu to do so many racist voices in the first 20 <laughs> Yeah, episodes? really glad you got all those uh, all those Chinese impressions uh, out of your system before we before we started for real. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was good. I was dealing with a lot at that time. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> let's try to segue out of that one. <laughs> oh, good luck. Um, um, so they hang out a few times afterwards, and yeah. then Sakura invites uh, Shiga to go with her on a trip. They're gonna they're gonna hop on a train and they're gonna go to another place and and spend the night in a hotel. But, you know, yeah. as buds, they're just they're just being buds. Just buds. Yeah. That's a really weird turn for a friendship to take in such a short amount of time, especially when you're teenagers. Um, but that was a very nice segment of the movie. They end up uh, drinking underaged. They end up drinking illegally and uh, playing <sighs> truth or dare. But it's like very innocent. You know, there's there no weird, no weird stuff there. Um, yeah. And then it ends with him carrying her to the bed on a dare. Uh, and then they, they end up sleeping in the same, oh, right, they, there's a fuck up with the hospital, they end up having one r- room instead of two, and, um... Or fuck up at the, uh, the hotel, not ho- the hospital. Not the hospital, <laughs> hotel, yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> see, I took six years of French class, and hôpital and hotel are very similar, so... <laughs> no, and I, I like this scene, I mean... This maybe isn't the most romantic movie, but it's not to say that there aren't romantic feelings between the two protagonists of this film. Yeah. You know, you, you, and someone could make the argument that they're just friends and I would, I would understand it. I will, I wouldn't be able to fight it super hard, but I do feel like there is a romantic angle between the two of them. Maybe they can't express it properly because you know they're a bit young they're they don't entirely know themselves but i do i do feel like that's what they're that 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 that, that it's not entirely platonic uh yeah and i agree with that it's just uh like this is true like obviously there was there was uh an emotion beyond friendship there and and she says as much like you know much later in the movie um but diegetically there was no like actual you know any romance between them was like purely implied it never ended up like yeah 
it's it is a quote like it has romantic elements. I would not call it a romance movie. I'm doing quote bunnies, but nobody can see it. This is an audio. <laughs> I'll 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 find some picture. But don't worry, the YouTube version will be good. Just don't do the just don't don't put in the Doctor Evil one. I don't like that guy. All right. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I I see what you're saying. I yeah yeah yeah. It, it's not yeah nothing nothing super romantic happens between the two of them other than how much they hang out. And yeah. again, they're 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 a good influence on each other in the same way that like two good friends are a good influence on each other. Like you can imply romantic stuff, but you know, that's maybe that's just me leaning into more heteronormative stuff where it's like, you know, it's a boy and a girl and they're both being good to each other. They love each other. Yeah. They want to get married. Bakery, come on. <laughs> And you know what, I'm, you know, if, if certain events had not happened, then, you know, I'm sure like they probably would have ended up in that situation. Who knows? Yeah, uh, I, I think so. Yeah. But I don't know. It just didn't really seem love. Romantic love did not really seem to be the focal point of the movie uh, from my perspective. Yeah. Which is why yeah, I hesitate no, to it, call it a romance movie. The The movie's theme that it fucking stole out from under me these fucking bastards <laughs> is uh i thought i was so smart and then they just spelled it out is basically that you have uh shiga the male protagonist mm -hmm. who is a very reserved character who just doesn't really care a lot about the outside world and then you have sakura who is you know she she feels like the way that she lives and knows herself is through interactions with other people and even though she's the person who's dying, she is kind of teaching Shiga about how to live. Yeah. You know, and about who, like, how you need to interact with the world around you and what every day means and making the most of every day. Totally. And it's, it's a really um, beautiful sentiment that they spell out. And I thought I was so smart halfway through the movie. Until they say it, like, outright. <laughs> like, yeah. just. In plain language, like this is the theme of the movie, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah so still, th still a, a very good theme. I really like it. Totally. And and I think there's all like you know there's the the concept of the the hedgehog's dilemma. For once, this is not something about Sonic. Uh, the the hedgehog's dilemma, like you know, uh, based on the real world, you know, not fast hedgehogs, how they try to you know they live in generally cold climates and like um they try to snuggle together for warmth, but their their spines you know, keep poking each other and it hurts. Like, you know, as they get closer, they end up hurting each other, even though they're trying to help. And both Sakura and Shiga kind of experience that dilemma in different ways where Sakura can't get all the way close to anybody around her because of this disease. She knows that like, she's going to end up leaving and causing this like hurt, this rift in, um, in somebody else. And Shiga on the other hand, being afraid to hurt, like be hurt by others. So, um, this relationship ends up being like this conduit for both of them to get past, uh, their anxieties of that and like learn to live more openly with each other and like understand the beauty of interpersonal relationships, even though you may end up getting hurt by them as they do. As they do. Yeah. No, that's, that's a really beautiful way of putting it. I wasn't as sure about that analogy at first, but no, I think you're dead on. Yeah. yeah. One of the, one of the things with Shiga that I, I really related to across this movie excuse me, that um, there's there's a lot of, like, issues I've had in my life where expressing myself, 
like I've always thought of myself as a pretty liberal dude and willing to express excuse me again my emotions and as I've gotten older the more I've realized how much like masculine stuff has really impaired me from just being honest with myself or with others and um as we'll talk about in some future parts, there's a lot of like toxic masculinity that I think is built up in Shiga that was also built up in myself Mm. where it's just like, you don't know, like you want to express yourself and maybe other people are kind of showing you like, yes, you should express yourself, but you don't know how to do it in a way that's healthy for yourself and healthy for other people. And like in the future parts that we'll talk about, like Shiga kind of fucks up real hard. Oh yeah. And, um, but I, I still relate to his character in that, like, it's it's about learning and getting better and, like, shedding off this sort of, like, uh, sh- I don't know, coil or shroud that's just kind of, like, just always been a part of you that you just felt was, like, natural. That eventually you realize, like, oh, no, this is gross. This is bad. Yeah. I don't I don't want this to be a part of my life. I can see that. I never, I guess I didn't, like... There there definitely are some fuck-ups on Shiga's end that, you know, certainly do uh, yeah. stem from some masculine issues. But uh, I guess I didn't really take a lot of the, his, like, reservedness as, as um, toxic masculinity necessarily. If anything, I would have chalked that up to, like, maybe he was, um, like, bullied or, so, or, like, you know, had some sort of, uh, maybe he had a speech impediment growing up or something like that, had a hard time making friends. Like, somebody who just hasn't really been able to, like, acclimate himself to interpersonal relationships uh, like everybody else around him. Yeah, and and that's that could absolutely be me projecting my my own like dealing with because I've had to deal with a lot of like stuff that I thought was just normal that this is just how every dude is and realizing like oh no that's just fucking toxic that's terrible right and th- that could very much be me projecting myself onto Sheikah which I I did a lot of the, t- the, <laughs> the times you know? I mean you know protagonist it's that's that's kind of the point yeah yeah well I, I don't know I feel like I, re- I really related with this dude who like didn't understand you know if somebody if somebody like sakura came up to me when i was that age i wouldn't get it you know and now that i'm a bit older and i've had more experiences in life i'm like no i understand like you know yeah you could die any day Mm -hmm. you should be you know trying to live a life that you're happy with Mm -hmm. you know and be surrounded by people who care about you and you know make you feel good about yourself totally that's a I guess the closest like experience I can like think of off the top of my head was like when I when I was little, I had this or like when I was a kid, I had a cat named Jake and he ended up dying like eventually as cats do. And I was like super broken up about it. And my dad ended up taking me to the park and we just kind of sat there and sat for a while. And then at one point he said something like, you know, like, I know you really love that cat and I know you're really, really sad right now. But something you shouldn't do is, you know, convince yourself that it's not worth it to keep loving because that's, you know, that's an important part of life is to be able to like, you know, have an open heart and love it. So like, even though you will love and lose again, it is important to continue to do so. Um, oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. So. I almost started tearing up. Dude <laughs> just almost started like, damn, go Bakari's dad. <laughs> yeah. It was a very, very wise moment. Um, but yeah. So I think that was a that was a lesson that Shiga had to learn. Um, though of course I don't mean to compare a albeit fictional human being to my cat. No, that's 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 fair. No, and I think that's that's kind of a beautiful moment. The next part is him uh is uh Shiga 
at Sakura's house. Yes. Uh, he goes to visit after a while, and then uh, they have like a weird, uh, almost romantic encounter. Almost. Yeah. 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 She. So they're playing what I can only assume is Sonic Racers, and she like tries to do something naughty as she quotes it with yeah. with him and they they don't go all the way and she's kind of she says she's kidding and then he pins her to the bed which is not a not a great move she uh, yeah put it lightly. yeah it's it's on the topic of, of toxic masculinity yeah that was a real that was a real fuck up that he could have avoided if he just you know thought a little more yeah ab- absolutely and i i feel like that's part of like him learning like how to and how not to express himself yeah and but it's just unfortunate that it comes in a very uh gross scene in some ways not that he does anything not he doesn't rape her necessarily no but um you know he does pin her to the bed and hold her for far too long. Yeah. Far past she's comfortable. It's definitely, so. it is definitely an uncomfortable moment. And then he realizes what he's doing and he like takes off. Um, yeah. And then he meets, and then he meets uh, her ex-boyfriend, someone she dated in middle school. And uh, that guy's like trying to get back with her or something like that. They get an argument. He gets punched in the face. And then Sakura shows up and tells off the ex-boyfriend. Because um, even though they just had that rough patch, it doesn't mean they're not still friends. Yeah. 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 And that that was a that was an interesting part. And that that's kind of, I think, where at least as far as like toxic masculinity is concerned, that's where I really. I, sh- I shouldn't say I relate to him in the part where he pinned a woman who didn't want to be pinned down. <laughs> sure. But um, but, you know, just as far as like just not knowing how to properly express yourself and your feelings, I'm like. I kind of get where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, I think, I think both Shiga and Sakura are very like flawed dynamic characters in that. Like, you know, they both have these sort of gray areas in their, in their ability to form interpersonal relationships. Like she's not able to get close enough to people because of this whole thing. And he's just not able to make friends in general. Um, And so there's a lot of these things that they're not really capable or not, not, not capable, but like, you know, have no experience in doing. And, you know, you're going to make some mistakes when you're trying new things and when you're doing things that you're not, you know, used to or comfortable with. So, you know, that's just part of the learning process, though, of course, you know, no means no. Yes. Yeah. When she's like, let it, let me go. It's like, "Mm," but I don't know. Again, I think that leans into like the the toxic masculinity part of his character. Like, totally. I, I'm not saying that that I, I, I guess I want to clarify. I don't think that scene should be removed or like that. It's like, oh, that's a bad that's a bad scene. Get rid of that. Yeah. Scene. Like, I think it I think it builds where his character is at. Well, I agree. Yeah. Um. If anything, you know, I think that. If, oh, sorry. You go ahead. Well, yeah, even if it is, like, a, a gross scene or, like, obviously we can all point to it and be like, oh, that's bad. I think it still is a good scene for that movie as far as explaining his character and his mentality in that moment. Yeah, I agree. And I think I think that um, this moment, like, this scene is honestly kind of like the, the um, kind of death of the concept of them, like, the two of them as a couple. Like, this is the closest they ever get to, like, you know really consummating those romantic feelings that like maybe they have but like you know the rest of it is like fairly fairly platonic i would say so maybe this is sort of an indicator that like 
not that they wouldn't have worked well as a couple, but that they weren't ready for that. You know, that's not where they were at. Yeah. 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 Well, it's also a good sign that I feel like it's a good turning point for um, Shiga that like he's he's got to learn to express himself better. And for the rest of the movie, he really does learn better now that he nails it off off go but yeah that that was like that was his low point and you know and it's raining he's sitting down he's been punched he's bleeding i i think it's it's not just like his emotional low point but the movie's also showing us like no like in terms of cinematography this is shiga's low point yeah no totally like visually and narratively yeah so after this part um Sakura gets admitted to the hospital. Um, her numbers are a little off as she says it. So uh-huh. she gets she gets put in for a couple weeks. Um, and that's kind of a, a nice scene with the two of them together where it, it, it gives you a good reminder that like, yes, she does have a, a serious problem that she's dealing with. Totally. You know? Yeah. And they end up uh, having like sort of a moment there. Uh, and then that's interrupted by I guess we haven't we haven't mentioned Kyoko yet. We haven't mentioned Kyoko, shit. Yeah, so Sakura has a friend named Kyoko, her best friend. Um, her best friend. Yeah, and Kyoko really does not like Shiga because Sakura, like, has, you know, has a big heart and is a very vulnerable person. And, uh, like, other people have basically, like, burned her in the past. And Kyoko is really concerned about, like, uh, about Shiga doing that. Like, she doesn't, she thinks that Shiga is this, like, and rightfully so, this, like, antisocial weirdo who doesn't really get close to people. And so she thinks either he has ulterior motives or he just kind of has half-baked feelings about Sakura in the first place and is going to take off at some point when he gets bored or when it, you know, suits him. So Kyoko shows yeah. up at the hospital while they're while they're um, having their moment. And basically, uh, Shiga has to get, get the hell out of there um, to, to avoid a conflict. Yeah, because at this point, even though um, Sakura considers Kyoko to be her best friend, she doesn't want to tell Kyoko because she's worried that Kyoko would be standoffish. And that's 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 one of Sakura's, uh, I think, I don't want to say faults, but like issues. It's like, you know, Kyoko says at the end of the movie, like, if you would have just told me, you know, she would have just told me I would have been. I could have spent more time with her, you know, and it's it, she like Kyoko has the opposite reaction to what Sakura was expecting. Yeah, I under I understand that, like, you know, I understand both like Kyoko's like desire to do that and also Sakura like desire to not uh, tell her about that. But I mean, at the same time, like for reasons we'll get into, Sakura thought she had more time than she did. And also, yeah. um like, even even if that were the case that, like, Kyoko wasn't going to, like, you know, back off and that she would, like, have spent more time with her, blah, blah, blah. Like, I feel as though if I was in that situation, like, if one of my best, friend, best friends told me that, I was, you know, they, they were going to die soon. All that time we spent with I spent with them would be kind of framed with, a, like, by the fact that, you know, this could be the last time I see them. You know what I mean? Oh, that's that's a fair point. Yeah. yeah. Like, it would become sort of the the crux of their relationship almost. Yeah, there would be no point where Kyoko could just hang out with Sakura and not remember the fact that Sakura is dying of a pancreatic illness. That's that's actually a really good point, because when when I think about my um, this is terrible, but like my my grandma is 93 and there are like every time I see her, I'm like, is this the last time I'm going to see my grandma? Right. Especially in like the age of covid. Right. Like I can't just go and see my grandma any day. Yeah, totally. 
and and uh, yeah, that does cross my mind a lot of the time, and it definitely frames things in it in a different view because i lived with my grandma for a while and oh. our relationship it was never bad but it was never like every day i'm like time to sit down with my grandma and ask her about everything that she's doing with her life and then now it's like when i come over which is not as frequent it's like hey how you doing i'm all the way over here let me yell and ask everything about what's happening in your <laughs> life I think I think you're dead on is what what I'm longly saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely don't fault Sakura for that decision. Um, like given given that like that she thought she had more time and also that, um, you know she didn't want that to affect her relationship one way or the other. Um, but yeah, like also that sucks for Kyoko. Like that's a that's a real bummer. Yeah, ain't shit sweet yeah, here. That's a rough one. <laughs> um, but after the fireworks or after the hospital, they go and see fireworks because the festival was going on that day and even though they didn't get to get all dressed up and go to the festival they got to go hang out and watch some fireworks yeah yeah they found an area i this is just a thing i see in anime all the time where it's like here's a forest but there's stairs in this forest walk up it and it'll take you to a place where no one else is and you can watch fireworks yeah, the the part that I find unbelievable about it is the where nobody else is like part, because like I'm sure there's all sorts of people, not to mention tourists and all the rest. Um, yeah. My my buddy went to Japan a couple of years ago and he said something like he said that he was told by uh, someone who lived there. It was like, you know, America has Starbucks. Japan has shrines like they're kind of everywhere. Um, and so, like, <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of stairs in plenty of forests. Um you know, again, the difference is that it's completely deserted and you get to have a nice, serene, quiet moment with just the two of you. But yeah, <laughs> I swear to God, I've seen that exact same background in like multiple other animes before. It, it looked really familiar. I can't piece it down. But yeah, well, and side note, I I do. I, I love that that feeling of like watching fireworks like alone because I, I like fireworks a lot. But the worst part about fireworks is how everyone else in the city is there at the same yeah. time. It's like, you've got crying children who have never been up at midnight, you know, and now there's explosions happening around them. Like they are rightfully crying. Yeah. No, and that's I'm just sitting there like, I don't, mm, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I can't get away. I had to smuggle all of my alcohol inside of an Arizona can. <laughs> like, I, ugh, this is too much for me, but I still love explosions. Yeah. I don't know. No, fireworks are great. They're very pretty, very fun to watch. But yeah, the fact is that the only reason fireworks are ever worth it is if there's a bunch of people who paid to be around to watch them. Uh, usually yeah. paid, you know, sometimes I do it like, you know, for for whatever. But um, anime fireworks apparently are the best thing. They they just fucking rule. Oh, yeah. They're huge and they're they're gorgeous. And it's it's huge. in super scenic locations and stuff. And nobody else is around, I guess. But um, yeah. Yeah. The city is always like a bay too. like it's just like. Okay, here's we've got this like body of water, and we're just gonna shoot them right over the water. It's gonna be sick <laughs> yeah. for you high school couples who are just in love. And I'm like, yeah, it's just gonna get hella smoky over here, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> so they have they have a dialogue around the fireworks. I can't remember what what is said. Do you? Let me let me see. Um, Is it just them kind of making up for what happened before and and hugging it out, or was there something else to it? Oh, there was something good said, but I can't remember what it was. I didn't write it down. Well, goddamn it! 
Yeah, the only part I have is on the next part. It's summertime, and there are arcade cabinets, and I just wrote down the words Cap Dawn. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the Cap Dawn arcade cabinets. She she says something, I believe, to the, to the effect of, like, uh, don't don't listen to every word that I say. You oh, know? yeah. That might have been the beach scene a little bit earlier in the movie, but just like, hey, you know, I say a lot of stuff. Don't don't listen to everything I say. Yeah, something like you're you're gravely mistaken if you think everything I say has meaning or something like that. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a better way. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so the next part takes place um, after uh, like a month or two after that. Mm-hmm. Um he runs across his friend who is always offering offering him gum, and then he accepts the gum at a certain point. He didn't in the past, but now that he's an open, different person, he accepts gum. And But he does not play on any of the Cap Dawn arcade cabinets, <laughs> which is upsetting. So you caught that. Um, you caught the gum, the gum, like, I don't know, metaphor as well. Like, that's a, that signifies a change in his character. Yeah, I mean, that's all I can figure, because the dude always offers him gum, and he always turns it down until that scene. Yeah. Okay. But they kind of go, they go a little overboard with it, like, uh, Hyoko at the end of the movie has gum, so it's like, what do I, what am I supposed to believe about that? Is, is she just buying hella gum and giving it to her? I Or is it? That she likes the gum guy. I don't. I don't know. I think. I think it was implied that she ends up. She ends up liking the uh, Shiga's bud who like offers him the gum. Like you know, he has. They've been hanging out, and now she's like you know caught the habit as well, or something like that. I think that was alluding to her uh, having feelings for Shiga's friend. Yeah, yeah. They just build up way too heavily that like, um, at least for me, that like Kyoko and Shiga are like maybe gonna add like will they won't they kind of thing and that that was my only issue with that part it's like well is she into the gum guy or is she into shiga i don't i don't understand this ending yeah no no i think that's i think that's just a. yeah it kind of kind of like a weird like side thing i guess but it was like a weirdly prominent theme considering how much not like how little weight it actually carried in the grand scheme of things yeah, because there also seems to be some th- theme with books as well, because, like, she writes in a diary. He works in a library. Uh, he has some book that he picks up, and the version we watched did not translate any of the books. So that made it, if there was some sort of metaphor going on, we don't know what that is um, necessarily at least know. i don't i don't speak japanese in the slightest uh i can i can read hiragana and katakana and one of the books he the book that kyoko knocks out of his hands uh when when they're talking on the stairwell and she's like ripping into him for you know because she's concerned that he's not taking their relationship seriously uh his and Sakura's relationship seriously enough the book that she knocks out of his hand says kokoro which means heart um so I don't know if we're keeping up with an organ motif or something like that. Uh, actually, it's a good time to mention uh, towards the beginning. She's uh, Sakura oh, mentions yeah. like this 
thing that she heard that like, you know, <laughs> it used to be a belief that if you had a problem with one of your organs, you would just eat another organ and then it would fix the problem. So you have a bad heart, eat somebody else's heart. You have a bad lungs, blah, blah, blah. So I want to eat somebody's pancreas, your pancreas specifically, hence the name of the movie. Yeah. So maybe maybe that's a theme that we didn't really weren't really able to pick up on, you know, due to our, our lack of uh, knowledge on the language and culture. But uh, yeah, that's that's the one piece of intel I can give you on that. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, as a non-Japanese language knower, they're they they show a lot of books and they don't translate all the books, and I they show them so frequently that I'm like, I know how movies work. Yeah. These movies titles have importance. Like when she, she talks about the what is it like the Little Prince, you know, it's oh, like yeah. that plays a huge importance. If you would have just shown me like. If if you would have just translated that book for me, like it would have meant <laughs> I would have understood this movie so much more. Right. <laughs> but I just had to read the subtitle and not miss the one sentence, you know? Totally. So we have we have a beautiful scene. So all across this movie, um, you have uh, Shiga who is learning like how to live, and you have uh Sakura, who's kind of teaching him how to live yeah. in a lot of ways, yeah. you know, and it's it's and he he is finally in in the fireworks scene. He does it kind of ham fistedly, but he does kind of start to express himself a little bit more. Yeah, and it's it's nice. It's kind of it's kind of beautiful. And he really starts to express himself during the the summer scene with the capped on um, arcade cabinets where player two only has two buttons. <laughs> and then uh, the the movie kind of takes a, a, a twist. Yeah. Where, it, you know, the whole movie has built up to, you know, Sakura is going to die. And, uh, you know, and then you learn very quickly that she has some kind of pancreatic disease. And then she gets uh, throughout the movie. They've talked about this, like person who's going around stabbing people. Yeah, it's just kind of been and like in the background, like mentions of a of a some psycho just stabbing people uh, here and there. Yeah, and there's like three mentions of it throughout the movie. And I remember right before. Well, so what happens is Sakura gets stabbed and dies. Yeah, and uh, and Shiga finds out about it on the news. On the news, yeah, and he's heartbroken. I remember right before it, the the two of us were just kind of talking like that's kind of a weird thing for them to include like do you think that like was just a thing that was happening like in the background and they just decided to include it in their movie yeah and then it happens and i think the two of us were just kind of both like oh okay what yeah i i guess i kind of had a sneaking suspicion that it my that you know that could have something to do with it like basically that this you know random and nonsensical death could happen um to either of the protagonists but um yeah it really comes out of left field and personally i'm not crazy about that plot twist how did you feel about it i was not a big fan of it either because it's like you know the the movie's about like living with death and i'm not saying it doesn't work or it doesn't make sense but it's you know it's about kind of accepting that you're gonna die and then she just gets killed out of nowhere. And so it, it just kind of cuts. It, it It's like a 
it kind of feels a little shock value-y to a, to a certain extent. Like, oh, you weren't expecting this. Yeah. You could die. You truly can die at any moment. And it's like, yeah, I, I, I guess. But like, I don't know. Does it work with the theme of the movie? Uh, or like how I'm feeling about these characters? Uh, I don't know. Maybe it does. Because at this point, Shiga has like really kind of like learned how to express himself, you know, and learned how to deal with other. He's learned as much as he can from Sakura. Yeah. So her death is sort of poignant in that he's like, you know, ready to express himself to her. And now she is dead, but unexpectedly, and that you know that's sad and it hurts. But I, I'm still not the biggest fan of it. The fact that she is killed by some just rando like running up on her with a knife, like that does not make that any more poignant, though, in my opinion. Like that's yeah. the weird thing is like um, it's the same thing with like say Final Fantasy VII when Aerith dies. Like the story behind it apparently is that like one of the head writers also the... fucking spoiler alert oh like, yeah my on. bad sorry i forgot the to game's mention only been also... out for like 25 years <laughs> yeah my bad everybody i forgot i forgot to mention there were spoilers for final fantasy 7 in this as well um but like the story behind that is that the director or head writer or somebody like their mother passed away very like unexpectedly and like they wanted to basically work in this feeling of like just sort of out of nowhere, no big dramatic moment. It's just like, bam, somebody that you cared for is just gone. Like, and I get that. And I'm not saying that that necessarily, it doesn't necessarily have a place in this movie. Uh, it's just like, you know, you think about this, like this arc that these characters have gone through and like, you know, the, the growth that they've made and stuff. And like, she got, gets his, his whole like character arc completed and fulfilled, right? Like he gets to like learn and yeah. grow and like become a new person. And like, he's got friends now and like all this stuff, like he's really opened up and like evolved, but like Sakura dies horrified and alone. You know what I mean? Like that sucks. Yeah. That's like, it doesn't, it didn't feel like they, this, this very dynamic and nuanced character, like they didn't feel like they were treating her with the respect that she deserved. In my opinion, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I I, I feel like Shiga kind of gets his ending, but Sakura doesn't because it, she is shown several times to be absolutely afraid. Like she's kind of putting on a front that like she is afraid of dying. Yeah, and that her death is not quick. They talk about how that she you know is is stabbed and is in critical condition, and by the time she gets to the hospital she is dead. Yeah. And so it is not a, you know, sudden just she explodes and dies. She is killed by someone who stabs her and makes her die a prolonged death. Yeah. And we don't see really anything about her feelings during that time. It's yeah, it really is about Shiga. And I'm not that's not necessarily like an awful thing. Like it kind of, he is kind of the protagonist and he's learning about how to live. But it is kind of a shame because she is such a well-written character. Yeah. Yeah, it just, it just, I don't know. It felt like a real, like, I don't know, not slapdash decision, but like just really out of place. I, you know, I, I think you were maybe taking the moment a little more seriously than I was, but like that totally took me out of the movie. Like I was, that wasn't a, oh my God, she's dead. I'm so sad. It was like a, what the fuck? What the, what are you doing? What? No. And I was not yeah. happy with that at all. Yeah, I, I, I feel similarly, um, 
I I I appreciate what they're going for in a way where it's like cuz she does she you know um Sakura talks about a lot in the movie where you know it's we're all going to die one day. Yeah. And that's just a thing we have to all accept and we don't know what it's, some people know what's going to kill them. You know, if you have cancer and you're going to die in 2 weeks, you know it's the cancer that's going to kill you. For yeah. the rest of us, you know, anything could kill us, you know? Like we could die any day. Totally. And she knows that and accepts that and puts that makes that a part of her personality to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Um or makes that a part of her character. And I don't know. Yeah, it I don't feel like it really built up to her I don't feel like that's enough to build up to, well, now you're suddenly dead. Right. And I, I think I would have been okay with it with a better rest of the movie. But like, so after she dies, there's her funeral, which we saw at the beginning of the movie. We knew she was going to die, but ha plot twist. She died a different way. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's, uh, she got dealing with her death. And I think that was, well well done ish but it was also like evangelion episodes 25 and 26 where it's just like you know i i'm I'm kind of stealing you know your help a little bit here but like uh, people are just talking about their feelings and talking about the big emotions and they're not this whole movie has been about expressing these things and slowly like getting them out of people and now we're just kind of like this is how I felt. Yeah. This is all my feelings. This is the the story that I was trying to tell. These are all the things that I would have told you, but I couldn't tell you. And now I can just tell you for the next 20 fucking minutes of this movie. <laughs> and it, it just didn't work for me. It was like an exposition dump you yeah. know, at the end of the movie. Totally. And I, I don't think it needed it. I don't think it added to the movie. It, I think from the moment stab, it just kind of, was like, well, the movie's about moving on and learning who you are. And it's like, yes, I already know that. Is this the way, you, like, it It was just kind of the movie telling me what it was about for, like, 20 minutes. Yeah, it, it really did feel like, and, you know, I thought visually that was really cool, like the whole, you know, uh, the, the Little Prince, you know, um, visuals in it. I thought that was really neat. But, yeah, it really does feel like all of a sudden, like, the author it just kind of stops, looks at the camera and goes like, so in case you didn't pay attention the last hour and 20 minutes, here's what the story was about. And then and then we just move. On. And like, that's 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 Shiga's moment of closure. That's his, um, you know, his his final moment with Sakura. Also, it's revealed at that point that his name is Haruki. His first name is Haruki. Um, yeah. And that has significance because Haru means spring in Japanese and Sakura is a flower that only blooms during the spring. So they like were made for each other. I don't know. Like the, the whole ending just felt like really confuses. Like, I feel like there was a scene or a, an arc that I missed uh, somewhere between like, you know, where we were and where we are. Well, I, I, I feel like it's it's almost like over explanation where if like you, you could have had the movie be like an hour and 20 minutes and he goes he goes to the house, asks for the book. He reads the book and says, like, is it OK if I cry now? 
and to the mom and she kind of nods and then he just starts fucking bawling yeah because when when he for me kind of regardless of the the situation if i hear people crawling crying it makes me want to cry oh yeah like i i it just hits me in a fucking way and when i heard the characters in this movie crying like it I, I I don't know how they got those recordings or what they did, but it, it did like make me emotional because I cared about the characters in the movie and then they start crying and I'm just like, oh, I feel something. Yeah. It, but it didn't it didn't need the 20 minutes of story explanation, you know, where it's like, I liked you, but I didn't like you. But also you helped me learn how to live. But also you did this. It's you could have cut you could have cut out. The entire part where he reads the book and just just go from like he reads the book, he looks at it, he reads it for maybe like 30 seconds of the film and then is like, is it OK if I cry? And if he just starts crying right there, I think it would have hit way harder, at least for me. It would have just been like, oh, you just learned like so much, dude. I feel for you. And I maybe I would have shed a little bit, you know? Yeah, I, I I don't necessarily think that like, you know, the addition of that scene, it, it it was a bit long, but otherwise, like, I don't think the addition of that scene necessarily hurt the uh, the movie, especially because like there were some parts that, you know, maybe somebody else, a smarter person could have picked up on. Like with the, the part where she mentions um that in the hospital, she wanted to ask him uh, why it was that he never ever said her name out loud. And that, you know, mm. her hypothesis was that he never said her name out loud because he was afraid of, like, acknowledging her as a person and, like, kind of taking that last step to let her in as a friend out of fear for losing her or whatever. And that she refused to say his name as, like, sort of a retaliation. Uh, things like that that I didn't really pick up on. Uh, I think it did like go into way too much detail. It could have been half the length. Um, but yeah. like overall, I think it was a it was a worthwhile addition to it. Um, yeah, it's just yeah, I, I don't too know. Much. I, I I feel I yeah I feel kind of differently. I feel like they shouldn't have said as much as they did. Like they they felt clever about the things they included, and so they wanted to let you know this is why we did this. This is why we did this. And I I think the movie would have been better if it just stayed short and just was like let you pick up on those things on your own because the movie's good the movie has a lot of great points but it's not the deepest fucking movie like i feel like i picked up on most of what it was going for and when it's explaining what it's going for to me i'm like yeah i know i was there i watched the movie yeah like you don't have to say this to me yeah and when it's saying it to me i'm just like now now i don't care about what's happening and it kind of the ending of this movie really kind of took it out of took it out of me like i went from like i i feel very emotionally invested in these characters to like all right shut the fuck up (laughs) i I get it you know yeah it it definitely kind of flopped like didn't really stick the landing uh i i do think that like now that I'm thinking about it, like the the nature of their friendship, is it platonic? Is it romantic? Uh, like it's very clearly like left, you know, kind of ambiguous. Like, you know, they don't really get to explore that all the way as they would have. But then in the uh, book that he that he reads, like her her diary, she says, like, you know, to the extent of our relationship kind of transcends friendship or romance or friendship or love, doesn't it? Like, it's a different thing. And she even says, like, there were so many times that I thought I was in love with you. Things like that makes it kind of definitively like, no, whatever we are, we weren't, you know, like that with each other. And yeah. I think that, like, 
you know, from a from a viewer standpoint anyway, I kind of like the idea of it being ambiguous of us like being able to make that decision like for ourselves, uh, however it would fit with us best, like whether they were actually like, you know, romantically inclined or not. Um, yeah, it just kind of took a bit of agency away from the viewer, I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think you're dead on. And I think it fucking ruined our Valentine's Day. episode. <laughs> no. uh, I yeah, I agree. I think the movie doesn't let you like the movie is so letting it, it lets you think and contemplate things in the beginning. And then it just explains everything at the end. Yeah. And it's like. Uh, do you do you need that? Like, let me let me enjoy the like. It, I think as an emotional roller coaster and just as an emotional like story, it works on its own. Totally. And the more it explains, the less emotional it gets. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. It's it's they do the show don't tell things so well, but then they turn around and tell it anyway. Yeah. Well, and that was my end. My that was my issue with the end of Evangelion, not the movie, but the, the end last of the two show. episodes. Yeah, it, where it, they just kind of explain things that you just kind of inferred before. And I, I do like those episodes more now, and maybe I'll like this movie if I watch it again. But it just makes it harder for me to recommend because it's just like the last, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes, I was just out of it i did not really care about what was happening in the film and i kept looking back just like oh they're still they're still talking about the movie huh (laughs) the i i do want to push back on the the evangelion thing if only because like there were some extenuating circumstances behind why the episodes were like that um and also like shinji hadn't reached that point in his arc by episode 24 he didn't like you know, we didn't get to see him realize that he was worth living by virtue of the fact that he was alive. He had to come to that conclusion with zero time to animate the the episode. So, like, yeah, he just kind of had to face the camera and say it. Yeah, my 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 thing is, I I because I know about those extenuating circumstances yeah, yeah. as well, and uh, my my okay, this is this is the Evangelion episode. <laughs> I guess tricked so. you. Happy Valentine's Day, Evangelion time. <laughs> my thing with the ending of uh the show is that like in the long run w- like i don't really care whether it was well we had these budget issues and this is the reason it the, the episode is this length or the episode is this way it's like your your episode is still this way forever you know so i don't know like at the time i i like those episodes now don't don't get me wrong. Right. It works for me now. But at the time I was like, no, this this doesn't this does not feel like a satisfying ending to a show that built itself up as we're giant robots and we're fighting. We're giant robots, we're teen we're teenagers with depression, and we're fighting giant monsters. <laughs> and the last two episodes are we're sitting in a dark room and we're just gonna talk about our emotions. Things that we kind of inferred in earlier episodes. Yeah. Things that I really appreciate that were not the topic, but just kind of a part of the show. It didn't. It didn't work for me. And the the explanation I don't for me doesn't work as an excuse. And I'm sure that like you know what you know what I think the blender was not released because those episodes were made like the the final episodes were finished. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like I think the big blender was not releasing them you know well after the you know the whole sarin gas attack thing 
Um, yeah. For anybody Which I, I totally get why it. they did not release them. What's that? That's fair. I totally get why they did not release them. Oh, yeah, at the time, you know? totally. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, for anybody at home who, who doesn't know, basically, the last two episodes of Evangelion had a situation where a doomsday cult basically launches this big attack on Tokyo. And around the time that episode 25 was going to air, uh, the sarin gas attacks happened in Japan. So, like, pretty much the sa- it- the thing the episode was about happened in real life and a bunch of people died. So yep. they, of course, it was like it was like if there was an episode of like Spider-Man where a plane fly, flies into a building like a week before 9-11 happened. So, yeah, they couldn't they oh, couldn't like air the, those episodes. Yeah, like the day after 9-11, 12 Spider-Man deals with an airplane going into. Yeah, yeah, anything. yeah, exactly. <laughs> totally. So, like, you know, couldn't couldn't do that. So they had to, like, basically, like, duct tape together a new episode based like with reused footage and like slapdash voice acting. So just kind of face the camera and say exactly where they were going with the whole theme of it. But um, anyway, just wanted to put that out there. So people, you know, we weren't talking about stuff yeah. that people didn't know about. Um, But yeah. Uh, we should have an Evangelion episode. You know what? When the next Evangelion oh, movie comes out, we should do an episode on that. But. Oh, <laughs> you know, we, okay. So, okay. Let's talk about Evangelion because it's the greatest anime ever made. Okay. Um, the, because we're basically at the end of the, the movie review. If you're, if you're wondering what our further thoughts are, you've kind of heard them at this point. Yeah, that's but, fair. We don't have to cover the rest of it. Evangelion, one of the things that we we talked about with this podcast, like when we were talking about like what should we talk about is we want to talk about episodes that like uh, things that everybody doesn't already know. Like everyone knows Evangelion is one of the best anime ever made. Totally. So us being like, well, the first six episodes of Evangelion are really good (laughs) is a fucking absolute waste of everyone's time. Exactly. That said, dude. I want to talk about Evangelion so bad. <laughs> uh, you know what? If you want to do like basically like what we did with Chainsaw Man, how about okay? All right, I got a proposition. At some point, okay. At some point, Evangelion 4.0. You will parentheses not and parentheses whatever. Um, it's gonna come out. We should watch that, and then we should also watch the 26 episodes and end of Evangelion and just have a whole Evangelion master episode. Like everything Evangelion will buy the fucking, uh, uh, Gendo Ikari, uh, toothpaste and yep. coffee mugs. Oh, the, the, the razor blade. Absolutely. The razor blades. Oh. Yeah. The Ava O2 coffee mugs and like the whole thing. We'll do it. We'll get everything. Absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I'm on board. I once you said doing everything, I just imagined action button reviews, and that's my current obsession. So yes, let's talk about all all of Evangelion. Yep, six hour long podcast. Get ready. Yeah. Fucking, <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. Anyways, to bring it all back home. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna do an Evangelion episode, but also um, the ending of this movie reminded me of the ending of the show and it just i don't know the ending doesn't work quite for me i like where things i like what they were going for i just feel like the execution wasn't quite there with this movie i'm with you on that i like what they were uh, i liked the concepts writ large i didn't like how they did it so i think we can agree on that yeah well yeah yeah i don't know yeah the i don't know i I don't think it's an awful movie, but I guess let's get into, uh, so let's get into our recommendation for this movie. Um, as you know, as everyone who's ever listened to this podcast knows, uh, we have our rating system. Keep watch, keep watching, 
uh, eh, and total garbage. But that doesn't work for this movie. Yeah. So for this movie, we've got our three ratings. Uh, I want to eat your placenta slash movie. <laughs> I might eat. Or sorry. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I might. <laughs> All right. I maybe we can cut it out, or maybe it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I want to eat your pancreas slash movie. I might want to eat your pancreas slash movie. I don't want to eat your pancreas slash movie. <laughs> and where do you fall on that scale? Uh, I'm a, I might want to eat your pancreas slash movie. I, I don't hate this movie and I think it's pretty good. And I think if I showed it to uh, my girlfriend, Bernadette, she might think it's really sad and enjoy it. But uh, I don't know. It it just doesn't hit me in the way that I wanted it to. Yeah. Um yeah, I'm I'm in about the same boat. I'm in a like a like a I might want to eat your pancreas at some point, but I had kind of a late lunch and I'm not that hungry right now and it doesn't sound that appealing. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't know. It's there's a lot to nice to say about it. The characters are great. It's very pretty. The music's fun. Um, but yeah. Animation's super good. The animation's fantastic. Great animation, looking, set design, art direction, all fucking phenomenal. My my yeah. compliments to the chef. Except except there's so many cuts like where they just cut to like a scene, like a transition of like a car, like driving, like, you know, just driving down the road. Nothing, nothing important about it. But like the, all these cars, all the cars and trains and everything are like very unpolished CG. And I'm, I'm not Garbage. one of those people who like hates CG anime by principle. There are some CG animes like Hoseki no Kuni that I very much like, but like, man, those are just so distracting. Like if, and they didn't need to be there. They were just for transition cuts. Like if you, just cut them out. We would miss absolutely nothing. You could have cut to anything else. Why would you take this, you know, cut this corner on that kind of thing? Like yeah. when it was not necessary to do in the first place. Yeah. I shouted garbage. It, those, those shots are terrible. Yeah. They are so bad. Like the whole movie looks excellent. And then it's like, here's a CG car in case you guys needed it. It's like, <laughs> no, we didn't. We didn't need this car. Like I, I, can get why you did it but i wish you didn't <laughs> yeah yeah that's i feel like that's that's kind of the the bottom line of a lot of how i feel about this movie is like i get why you did it i wish you didn't it's, <laughs> yeah it's, there's there was a lot that's going a for it but it just didn't quite it did not stick the landing for me it's just there was a lot that uh was left to be desired i guess so perfectly fine yeah. a lot of people clearly like it more than i do uh than we do it sounds um yeah so some people really like that plot twist uh i guess i'm not one of them but. i guess i don't know i'm really yeah. over like personally i'm really over the whole like life is unpredictable we could all die at any time somebody people just get stabbed in the street every day fuck it's so real out here like i don't i'm over it like i've seen it enough times i've seen it done better than this <laughs> you know like you could have done so much more with that i think yeah yeah yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, it just didn't, yeah, it didn't work for me either, and, but, it's still, it's not an awful movie, like, if you had to show somebody an anime, somebody who wasn't an anime fan, an anime movie, and you showed them this, I don't think they'd hate it. No, yeah, I agree, um, there's a lot more anime movies that I'd show them before this one, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, okay, we got our ratings out there, we got all our 
good t- good stuff out there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's get some plugs out there. Bakri, yeah. how can people find the cool stuff that you do? Uh, you can go ahead and follow me on, on my Twitter at Bakfu B A K F U U, and uh, I have a SoundCloud. If you if you really just loved the music that you heard at the beginning and end of this episode and want to hear more of it, you can go over to my SoundCloud uh, SoundCloud.com slash Octomammoth. Spelled how it sounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I gotta say, I always love the the music for this podcast. I know I said it last time, <laughs> but I like it makes me so happy. Like hearing the music like for our podcast, I'm like, oh yeah, I know what this is. Yeah, I'm especially a big uh, fan of the like fading out into the music kind of thing. It just kind of kind of gives me the warm fuzzies. Oh, it's so satisfying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you're if you're interested in uh, following this guy Stu, you can jump on Twitter and go to Hentai Pizza Lord. I post sometimes about this podcast, and uh, if you're like, "What the fuck?" You guys said you guys were doing Jujutsu Kaisen, and you did a Valentine's episode instead. Well, if you followed me on Twitter, you'd know that this is what we're doing. Um, How did you post about this? I will post about this. Ah, perfect. <laughs> Smart stuff. Uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to make sure we got our recordings in first. There you go. Uh, yeah, so we'll do that. And like we said last episode, next episode will be on Jujutsu Kaisen. Yep. So, or Jujutsu Kaisen. I don't, it seems, Ju- the spelling Jujutsu. is strange, but I'm excited all the same. Yep. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. That's uh, That show's a real looker. I like a lot of what Studio Mappa does, so I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, no, it'll be good. And it's nice to have a little breather between... Studio Mappa ch- and Chainsaw Man. You know, <laughs> we all needed this episode. Totally. Whether you wanted it or not. Yeah. <laughs> different kind of senseless death. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, good night, everybody. Enjoy. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Happy Valentine's Day. Hope you're doing whatever you like to do on Valentine's Day. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, relationship or no, enjoy yourself. Yeah. Have a good time. Totally. You're valid. You're great. Play some Final Fantasy fourteen. Order a pizza. Eat it all yourself. Who cares? It's COVID. Do what, do what makes you happy. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy yourself. You're great. Have a good time. Uh, and enjoy this outro. Yeah. Here we go. Oh, we're probably fading out. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we are. No, I'm...